The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by IBM. Big data at the speed of business. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. Before we get the program started, I want to welcome members of our armed forces who are joining us, and also our nation's veterans. Thank you for being with us again. In just a moment, former chairman of the Republican National Committee, Mr. Michael Steele, will be with us to talk about the danger the GOP faces by focusing too much on opposing President Obama's policies and not enough on offering clear alternatives. But before Mr. Steele joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Michael Stephen Steele was born at Andrews Air Force Base in Maryland and grew up in Washington, D.C., By the time Steele was finishing high school, he was already showing the makings of an effective leader. He was elected student council president and was a member of the National Honor Society. Steele graduated from John Hopkins University with a degree in international studies and earned his law degree from Georgetown University. He started his career as a corporate attorney at Cleary, Godlib, Steen, and Hamilton, and subsequently left the firm to start the Steele Group, which specializes in business and legal consulting. In 2003, Steele became Lieutenant Governor of Maryland, a position he served until 2007. During his tenure, he reformed the state's Minority Business Enterprise Program and chaired the Governor's Commission on Quality Education. But perhaps Mr. Steele is best known for his leadership within the Republican Party. He started as the chairman of the Georges County Republican Central Committee, rose to become the first African-American chairman of the Maryland Republican Party, and in 2009 became the 64th chairman of the Republican National Committee. Under Steele's stewardship, the RNC broke fundraising records and won 63 seats in the House of Representatives, the single largest GOP increase since 1938. I'd also like to add that Mr. Steele has been a regular contributor on the Fox News Channel, the nationally syndicated Morning in America show, and has appeared on Meet the Press, Face the Nation, Real Time with Bill Maher and The Daily Show. He's also a prolific writer. In addition to authoring his best-selling book, Right Now, his commentaries have been showcased in The Wall Street Journal, The Washington Times, and other leading publications. It's my pleasure to welcome to the program former RNC chair, Mr. Michael Steele. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Steele. It is such a pleasure to be with you. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing great out here in sunny California. I'll tell you, it, it, it's uh, it's dry, but it's sunny and warm today. Nice, nice summer day. We are experiencing the same here on the East Coast. It's, it's, it's a nice, cool, dry weather, a beautiful day in Washington. That's, a, that's a terrific. It makes you want to be outside. But for the next hour, I'm afraid we'll just have to look at the day through the window. <laughs> Right, exactly. Now, uh, I thought a good way to open today's program is to ask you about uh, some of the concerns that you've expressed about Republican leaders spending too much of their time opposing the Obama administration's policies and not enough articulating to the American people clear alternative solutions. So maybe you could speak to that first. Yeah, I I think it's a a central uh, point of of opportunity, but also I think it's a central point of, of frustration for a lot of Republicans um, around the country. And, and that is the idea that, yeah, I've, there is very little that this administration has done that uh, I would I would sing high praise or any praise for. Uh, you know, the, the, their view of government, their view of, of uh, certain policies, certainly in the area of health care, some in foreign policy, et cetera, leaves a lot to be desired. I see that and have seen that as an opportunity for creating a conversation with the country 
about what we would do different, not just what we would do different, how we would do it. And here are some of the examples of what we're talking about. You know, we help we, we job production and, and wanting to increase um, entrepreneurism. Well, let's talk about it in the terms of, you know, real-life experiences from the entrepreneur's perspective, from the perspective of the single mom who is, you know, providing the best education for her kid and, and all those various facets that sort of link together um, in real life uh, and, and tie in our policies and our views in, in, to those in a way that people can see themselves reflected. It's not enough in my estimation, Rebecca, to think, oh, yeah, you know, repeal Obamacare. Okay, great. Now what do you do with 12 million people who bought or 8 million people who bought into it? What do you say to them? Okay, we're just well, gonna- why do you even have to say repeal Obamacare? Why not just offer another solution? I- I'm not fond of attacking exactly. somebody's uh, recommendation. I just like to offer a better alternative. And when you offer a better alternative, people tend to gravitate toward it. it that's absolutely right. And, and the thing about it, the frustration for me, especially, is that we have those better alternatives. You know, I go back to 2009, 2010 when I was chairman, and the, and the debate on health care was just beginning. Yes. And one of the things that I wanted to talk to the country about was some of the alternatives that the 14 doctors who were serving in the House of Representatives as Republicans were trying to get through uh, Democrat-controlled committees at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was affordability uh, and, and the idea of, of you know, keeping uh, the relationship between the doctor and the patient sacrosanct, uh, health savings accounts, all these various tools. Uh, and yet we as a party never really wanted to fix our attention or the country's attention on these tools, what we wanted to do was to have this, this sort of broad blanket conversation. Okay, but you, you make a great point there. There's any number of solutions. And, you know, recently Absolutely. Newt Gingrich said, we're turning into the party that just says no. And, and at yeah. CPAC, uh, Sarah Palin asked conservatives whether they were just treading water. Uh, what is the problem within the Republican Party? Why can't they describe specific programs? What's stopping because them? The- I think part of it is a couple of things. One is money. Uh, there are a lot of interests that, that like to fight the way it is. In other words, if I can go out there and get you kicked off and fired up uh, about Obamacare, not solutions to Obamacare necessarily, but about Obamacare itself, if I can create, and the Democrats, you know, it, this happens on both sides. So this is not just a one-sided uh, scenario. So is that is that the campaign? Is the campaign to cast your vote defensively? Uh, you don't have to like what we're saying. In fact, we don't even have to say anything. But uh, we're going to make you not like the other guy more than we than us. Bingo, bingo. Uh, but, but that's not what our founding fathers had in mind when when they when they allowed us to vote. They they weren't saying here's your vote to block the guy you hate the most. But, but that's what our politics have devolved into. And so now, instead of being a, a nation and, and a, a, you know, a congressional, senatorial, and presidential leadership that is driven by a philosophy that anchors a policy, we're driven by a politics that distorts both the philosophy and the policy so that nothing gets done. And so here we are. And the question for the American people, and I've asked this for a number of years, and even as chairman, which goes to why some in the party had a hard time with me as chairman because I'm, I'm not a status quo guy. I'm not sitting there just because I'm the Republican Party chairman that I'm going to, you know, serve the gruel that you want me to serve. That's right. Well, you think out of the box, and they liked that originally until you tried to implement any of those programs, and they didn't right. like it so much. They didn't like it so much because it stepped on who was getting paid. It stepped on the flow of, of, of cash and the interest those cash, uh, those, those uh, individuals had in, in who got the money. Uh, and, and so you see a lot of this being played out in this, in this context. And the question for the American people is, at what point do we the people matter to you? And if we the people matter to you, then you have to, you have to take control here. You cannot, in the, in the one hand, talk about throw the bums out, but then vote to reelect them. And, and so one of the upsides of the 2010 cycle, uh, and you saw this also, not just Tea Party, but the, the makings until it, again, came off the rails with the, uh, with the uh, Occupy Wall Street, is American citizens getting engaged politically. 
that got the attention of politicians. Yes. Uh, and made them pay attention. Uh, and so within the Republican Party, that's why I find people like Rand Paul intriguing. I find individuals who are, uh, are really kind of shaking the sort of status quo mindset uh, around having a different conversation and whether or not they, they have the strength of purpose to actually do a different conversation with, with now we have to we have to break for a short break but when we come back we're going to pick it right up there and hear more from michael Steele. you're listening to the costa report did you know that every day we create 2.5 quintillion bytes of data and that 90 percent of the data in the world today has been created in the last two years alone this data comes from everywhere and it affects everyone This data is big data. Big data is all data, and it's more than simply a matter of size. Big data represents an opportunity to uncover new insights, make your business more agile, and answer questions that were previously beyond your reach. IBM's big data platform uses sophisticated technologies and patented advanced analytics designed to complement your existing information infrastructure. The IBM Big Data platform allows you to get started quickly today and expand to address more complex problems tomorrow. It doesn't matter where you start. It matters that you start. Find out how IBM can help you turn big data into a competitive advantage by visiting ibm.com slash big data today. Every day our world gets more complicated. Not only is new information coming at us faster than we can manage, new regulations, technology, and the effects of globalization have made it much more difficult to succeed. That's why I wrote The Watchman's Rattle, a book that, for the first time, explains how complexity makes it hard to separate facts from fiction and eventually causes us to make important decisions based on unproven beliefs. And not just us, our leaders also fall prey to this phenomena. But here's the good news. Once you know the symptoms to watch for, you can safeguard against them. So please, go to RebeccaCosta.com. That's RebeccaCosta.com. And order your copy of The Watchman's Rattle. It only takes a few minutes and the shipping is free. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Do it now. You'll be glad you did. Adopt a duck for the 24th annual Omega New Ducky Derby and help raise money for local charities. Join us in watching over 12,000 ducks race for hundreds of prizes on Saturday, April 26th at Harvey West Park from 10.30 to 3.30. There will be plenty of fun for the whole family, including food, music, and carnival games. To adopt a duck, call 479-4070 or visit duckyderbysantacruz.org. Ducky Derby is brought to you in part by KSCO and KOMY. Healthy Way. Healthy Way Radio. Let's go back to the phones. We have Sonia on the line. Sonia, how's that Healthy Way diet been working for you? It's been working great for me. I have lost 30 pounds in just three months, four pant sizes. Oh, awesome. And 47 inches. Wow. Uh, I'm a new mom. I was an insulin-dependent diabetic with high blood pressure. And in just three months, I've completely reversed my diabetes. I gave myself four insulin injections in my stomach every day from my diabetes. And I have completely lost all medications, and I'm now 100% diet controlled. Now that is a real Healthy Way success story. I love the Healthy Way. I cannot say enough good things about it. Everyone here has been so supportive, and it has been the easiest thing I have ever done for myself. You folks out there listening, this could be you. All you got to do is call 462-5900. Go in for a free consultation. And yes, tell them everyone sent you. If you lose hope, you can reboot with a spiritual transformation. Learn how to transform your life by attending a free talk entitled Spiritual Rebirth. Transforming Your Life by John Q. Adams, a practitioner and teacher of Christian Science Healing. This Sunday, 2 p.m. at the Rose Garden Library, 1580 Nagley Avenue in San Jose. Find healing and hope Sunday, 2 p.m. at the Free Talk by John Q. Adams. For more information, contact the First Church of Christ Scientists, San Jose. Welcome. 
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is former RNC chairman and political analyst Michael Steele. And before the break, we were talking about how difficult it is to break the stronghold self-interest and money has had on the Republican Party. And you were saying that you're intrigued by what you hear coming from Rand Paul. Um, is he the new voice of conservatism? I think I think he is one of those voices that people uh, should pay a little bit of attention to. I think Rand speaks to uh, sort of the the true libertarian roots of the party, which a lot of people have long since forgotten about. Reagan certainly uh, remembered a lot of that. William Buckley the same. I mean, these are you know the, the architects of the modern day conservative movement. Uh, who understood not just the historical links between uh, the party and the and the broader society, but going forward, how we express in in real terms those values that we identify with and tie them into uh, you know the things that matter to people. And I think Rand Paul, as we've seen at his speech at Berkeley, at at Howard University, um, historic black institution. Uh, and certainly in, in the way that he's even challenged some of the status quo thinking with the G, within the GOP, I think he, he sort of is a, one of the bright bulbs that's beginning to, to shine. Now, whether or not um, he's able to, to really take that to the next level and tie together, Rebecca, in a fashion, those, those loose ends between the, quote, establishment Republicans and certainly uh, the, the emerging uh, class of libertarian conservatives remains to be seen. But he, among a few others, I think is someone really worth paying attention to because he really does have a way of, of sort of light, lighting the issues, uh, I think, in a very positive way for the party. He does, and not only that, he has a very young uh, support organization, and this ties right into what you tried to do, which is to uh, invest in grassroots, uh, street, you know, feet on the street uh, kinds of activities during the election, and I know that that was very, very difficult for you to get off the ground within the uh, within the Republican Party. So let's let's talk about specific programs and uh, sure. and and the importance of getting people to vote for something rather than against a candidate or a program, because that <laughs> really resonates with so many people who feel that all that happens during election is just, you know, don't vote for the other guy. Uh, I'm better. Right. And uh, and that that isn't going to cut it. I don't think this next time around uh, this next presidential election, I don't think that's going to cut it. I think we're getting smarter and smarter as voters. So just a few weeks ago, I spoke to oil man T. Boone Pickens. And he had a very simple plan, which would eliminate, completely eliminate our need to buy oil from OPEX, probably within one year. All we have to do is convert 8 million 18-wheelers to natural gas, and we can get rid of OPEC, and, and we could do the environment some good in, the, in that process. Plus, the cost of goods would come down, and the money would stay right here in the United States and get recirculated, where natural gas reserves are plentiful. So... Uh, the ROI, by the way, to change out these engines and these trucks is under 12 months from the fuel savings. So now the reason I'm bringing this up is it took me less than one minute to articulate that program to our listeners right now. It's something the American uh-huh. people can easily understand. Is that what you're talking about when you say the GOP has got to have alternatives to put in front of the American people that are easy to understand, practical, and we can get off the ground and get this country moving? Well, you, you just hit it on the head, and, and again, you've done it and said it in a way in which I don't think there's anyone who's listening uh, does not understand and says, wow, okay, that really makes some sense. Even if on the, on, at some level you may disagree with the idea or think it, it won't work, what you've done is you've established a, a point, uh, a drop-off point for a discussion, for a conversation. So now you've intellectualized the debate. It's not, it's not emotional. It's not personal. It's, I don't like T-Bone. I don't like Rebecca. It's like, well, I may not agree with that, but I, I want to look into it further. I want to learn more. That's one of the strengths that we have. That was something that Ronald Reagan did so beautifully. And the, and the, the return on that particular investment, Rebecca, is what we call you know, Reagan Democrats. It was the, the kind of coalition building around ideas that were rooted in something very positive, uh, which mainly was American entrepreneurism. And that's what T-Bone is talking about. You're talking about taking an idea 
and, and putting it in the context of something that we believe in, uh, that I would trust the T-Bone Pickens to, to work something like that through than the federal government. Because well, that, that's exactly right. We haven't had an energy plan in our country for how many decades, right? And look, if you don't have a good, if you're in government and you're a leader and you don't have a good plan, borrow a plan. Borrow a plan from someone who's laid it out, who spent his own money to investigate it. What I want to hear in debates is I want this program to be debated. I want one candidate to ask the other candidate, why haven't we done this? Precisely. And that's, that, that is something that is missing right now. It's so much easier just to fall into the red and blue argument, red versus blue, right versus left as opposed to actually saying, look, here's some ideas that we want to try, which goes back to how we started the discussion this afternoon on, on, on something like health care. You know, fine, we don't like Obamacare. We think it's bad for the doctor-patient relationship. We think it's bad for hospitals. We think it's bad for religious institutions. We think it's bad for a lot of people. But here are some things that we think are positive and important for them as we, we rework and redo this mess into something that people can actually so why not why not have a debate on adding choices to obamacare it's already been approved it's already underway so why not come back and say all right we didn't like that program it doesn't seem to be working for everybody for the people that it's not working for we would like to add these alternatives these other choices you're making way too much sense I mean, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Even if the baby's ugly, you don't throw it out with the bathwater. You know? Absolutely. You, you find a way to, 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 to make it work. And, and I agree with you. The, the, the fact of the matter is there are uh, policies and, and, and things that can be done uh, to fix this. But instead, right now, in our political climate and culture, it is far easier to scream repeal than if there is uh, anything that has to do with laying out uh, an opportunity to effectively fix it and make it work. And, and as long as that's the case, because this is, this is the problem. So you get a Republican Senate in 2014, Rebecca. So now you've got the House and the Senate. Yep. You, 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 now you're sending, instead of the bill, the, 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 you know, the 60th uh, bill to re- repeal goes to the Senate. They pass it. They send it to the White House. What happens? The president vetoes it. You don't have a veto-proof majority, so you're still nowhere. 2016 comes, a Republican win. So by that point in time, you now have more Americans who will have invested in this system, have signed up and been a part of it. What is your message going to be to them at that point? What is that Republican president going to say when that bill comes to his desk to repeal it if there has not been a, a thorough debate and discussion about ideas actually that actually may work to fix it that's sort of the problem you well i will tell you where those debates are happening there are some public conversations going on i just came back from speaking at sun life stadium to seven thousand people who dialed in over the internet to watch juan williams moderate a public debate on private and public exchanges and the affordable care act uh, imagine seven, eight thousand people interested in a public debate. But who sponsored it? Sun Life Insurance. So it, it, that that debate is happening, but it's happening where our government has failed. It's happening happening in the private sector. Now we have to take another break. Stay right where you are. We'll be right back with more from Michael Steele. You're listening to the Costa Report. When it comes to Pinot Noirs, there are very few winemakers more knowledgeable than Scott Caraccioli. So tell us, Scott, what makes a good Pinot Noir? I think a lot of it starts in the vineyard with having an area that can grow the Pinot Noir grape to the most optimal maturation point in the grape's lifespan. And here on the Central Coast, in the Santa Lucia Highlands specifically, we have the ability with the cool climate to have long growing days but not getting too hot with the coastal fog coming in to cool it down. And it really leads to a perfectly deep, rich, complex Pinot Noir flavor profile when starting to build your Pinot Noir. And from there, a lot of it is just adding the small little nuances of the winemaking that really express the grape in the most positive light. Absolutely. I'll tell you, once you have a Caraccioli Cellars Pinot Noir, you just want more. (laughs) (laughs) 
You, there's only one, and we exist because of you. To provide the care you need when you need it, Physicians Medical Group has over 300 providers just in Santa Cruz County. That's over 300 teammates focused on the one, the only, you. With over 42 specialties and 100 locations, you'll find the right provider for you. Find your teammate, your Physicians Medical Group care provider, by visiting our website, pmgscc.com. Bolster up those business cards. The Pajaro Valley Chamber of Commerce and Agriculture is hosting the 2014 Business Expo. Join us for food, fun, good conversation, and great networking opportunities. The Business Expo will be held at the Santa Cruz County Fairgrounds on Thursday, April 24th, and we're whooping it up in the Harvest Building from 4 to 7.30 p.m. Local businesses will be on display, and it's up to you to decide which business is the cream of the crop. That's right, attendees will vote for the best decorated booth indulge in blackout bingo and sample the delicious fare our local eateries have prepared in your honor we'll see you at the harvest building at 2601 east lake avenue in watsonville that's thursday april 24th we're celebrating local businesses and their patrons once again the Paro valley chamber of commerce is hosting you on thursday april 24th from 4 to 7 30 p.m it's the 2014 business expo and did i mention it's free see you there Heroes. They come in all shapes and sizes and perform all kinds of miracles. Join the American Red Cross for a breakfast toast to our local heroes. It's our privilege to honor and celebrate those who have shown courage, dedication, and character in their acts of goodwill. Get in on the fun as the American Red Cross Santa Cruz County Chapter hosts the 2014 Heroes Breakfast at the Coconut Grove Ballroom on May 14th from 7 to 9 a.m. Get your tickets by May 7th at redcross.org Santa Cruz. Let's celebrate. Hi, I'm Pamela Fugit-Hetrick, the host of Money Moves. Cash flows and money moves, but do you find money moving out of your wallet faster than it comes in? Do you wish you had a personal money manager? Do your best Dirty Harry imitation. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Go ahead. Make my day. Pretend that your finger is your gun. Quick draw, aim, point, and straight ahead. Notice that one finger is pointing out, but you have at least three pointing back at you. You're the best person to manage your own money. To get the tools you need for the job, listen to Money Moves Thursday night from 7 to 8 p.m. As your host, I promise that each week, Money Moves will leave you with some tips and tools to help you manage your own money. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. for Money Moves. Remember, that's Thursday nights, 7 p.m. for Money Moves. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and today we're speaking with political analyst and former RNC chair, Mr. Michael Steele. Now, recently, there was an interesting study that came out of North Carolina, which revealed that the number of unaffiliated voters outnumbered the number of registered Democrats and registered Republicans. So what does that mean for the Republican Party? I think it means that uh, we need to pay very close attention to the demographic shifts that are occurring in the country, number one. Uh, the political identification uh, that people are choosing to make, number two. And number three, to, to get a, an appreciation of what the future will look like. States like Texas, Florida, uh, certainly um, as you head to uh, further west, um, are changing. Colorado, when you look at what happened recently in Virginia, in the Virginia gubernatorial race, um, it is, you know, and certainly the presidential level, uh, you can see already uh, the seeds of change have begun. I look at Texas races coming up this, this year. Yeah, the Republicans will likely win uh, the governorship there. They have certainly control of the state legislature. That's not guaranteed in the next cycle, the next election cycle. In four or five years, Texas will be a very different battleground for the GOP. So, Going back to the conversation we've had already, how we talk about the issues, how we tie it into people's lives, how we make people feel that we want we instead fight with them instead of against them. Um, we don't sit in judgment of how people live their lives. You know, one of my frustrations with the party, and I'm a very conservative guy, very religious. Mm-hmm. I was an Augustinian seminarian. So I, you know, studied for the priesthood. So 
my bona fides as far, as far as social conservatism, I think, are pretty much intact. But the one thing I've also learned is there's a big difference between my faith tradition and teaching and my political engagement. And so I can't let one um, uh, dictate uh, in a negative way uh, because then I lose, I lose hold on both. And I think a lot of times what happens is people look at the party and they see us sitting in judgment of their lives. Not out there trying to find solutions for their problems, not that not they're trying to help them make the right choices and decisions, but rather sitting in judgment. And I had a young man say to me, he's an entrepreneur, African American out of Baltimore when I was running for the US Senate. He said, Man, you know, I love your message of money. But you know, I go to church on Sunday and my pastor beats me up about how I live my life, how I should live my life. I don't need a political party to do that Monday through Saturday. Well, I think there's many Americans that are beating themselves up. The downtrodden economy, they have no more savings, they've lost their homes, uh, they're, they're working two or three jobs, uh, they can't send their kids to a college without uh, having their kids take student loans that they'll pay for 25 years. I mean, the American people, they don't need any help because they're already beating themselves up. They're beating themselves up, and what they're looking for are solutions. They're looking, can you please just tell me how this is going to be better? How can I look my kid in the eye and say, I'm leaving you something that's going to have greater value for you tomorrow than it does for me today? And they can't do that. And they're frustrated and they're angry with that. Okay, well, let's talk, let's talk about the swing vote that's really, that really makes all the difference in the world. You got to get the sure. independence. And the way yeah. you get the independence, who are independents because they don't care about that ideology. They, they want to hear programs. They want to hear solutions. And so they become independent. So I was talking to Lou Dobbs the other day, and, and he says uh, the Republicans keep getting trapped in these social issues that they can't win. Seventy percent of the country thinks that abortion should be allowed under certain circumstances. Why do we keep going back there? Right. So he says, right. just stay away from social issues. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got t- guys like Ted Cruz that are saying, well, principles and core beliefs win elections. So, so who's right? Well, principles and core beliefs do win elections because, as you've just noted, everyone, even the independent voter, has a set of core beliefs and a set of principles that guide their lives and their decisions. The difference is they don't want that to be the litmus test that's driven by the Republican Party. That's right, because that. you know what? I'm happy that people have their beliefs. More power to you. And I'm happy that you've found a lifestyle that makes you happy. Good for you. You know, I don't need to be getting in everybody's business. That's why I'm an independent. You know, you know what I mean? I, got, I have a hard enough time getting a hold of my own life. I don't need to be worried about everybody else and what they're doing. You, you know? That is, that, is, that is exactly. And you reflect, and you just reflected, exactly what those voters are saying and feeling out there when they look at the party. And quite frankly, when they look at both parties, you know, the Democrats are going to have the same the same kind of uh, comeuppance, if you will, with the voters when they get to 2016. They don't have Barack Obama at the top of the ticket. But the Republicans are on the wrong side of social issues. They're on the wrong side of social issues relative to the critical mass of the country. So why not just stay out of that? If you can't win something, walk away. I, I think I think that in, in terms of that argument, um, the, the strength of the argument you just made is that it is the, they're on the quote wrong side because it's not what the American people are talking about. One of the things, if you go back to when I was chairman, uh, and again, my bona fides on, on these issues, I think, are well established as they are for a lot of people. I made it very clear. We are the conservative party. Yes, we are. So let's talk about how we translate that into everyday life. And the reason I started the conversation that way, because what I had learned as my, in my time as a state chairman, certainly as lieutenant governor, is that when you listen to people, they tell you what they need and what they want. They weren't talking about the abortion issue. They weren't talking about gay marriage. They weren't talking about these social issues because, uh, to the point you already made, they were losing their jobs. Their small businesses were being closed. All these things. Other That's people right. What they want solutions. Are, what they want they solutions for are. Tell right. me how I can send my kid to college. Tell me how I can buy a home. Tell me how I can retire. Tell me how I can afford health care. They want solutions. If you just stick to programs, solutions, practical things, the American people can understand, adopt, and support. 
they will support that candidate. Not only will they support that candidate, but then they 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 give credence to and and actually sort of gives you give you armor to to really get into the meat and substance longer term. So it's not just a one cycle one off kind of election uh, response. You know, it, it becomes something that they want to see sustained over and over again. Again, I go back to Ronald Reagan and the strength of the arguments he made about our economy. Yes. Uh, in the face and the wind of everybody saying, oh, you know, this won't work, that won't work. He got the American people behind him because he talked to them and, and they saw reflected in what he was saying themselves. And right now you don't see for the Republican Party, people don't see themselves reflected in the party. No, they don't. And we're talking about you've got to win those independents. If you don't win the independents, you can't win. But but let's talk about the divisiveness even within the GOP itself. I mean, recently over 50 percent of CPAC attendees said that they disapproved of the job Republican leaders were doing Congress. Twelve per, only 12% wanted to protect traditional marriage and life at inception. 41% want marijuana legalized. Uh, it, 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 conservatives are out of step with the Republican Party. So let me ask you this. Who's shaping the platform of the Republican Party? And don't say Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> Don't say Rush Limbaugh shaping the, the platform. No, no, he's not. And and in fact, I think who will shape the platform of the Republican Party are the very people that you just cited in that survey. That CPAC reflected the next generation that's coming online right now. Uh, and and uh, and part of the battle, Rebecca, and, and I and I believe that there's still some bottom for us to hit. We're not done leveling out yet. Um, in this battle um, is going to be, uh, and, and I think really begin with this generation of millennials who have a very different approach and attitude about a lot of the issues you just touched on, whether it's marijuana, gay marriage, whatever, Right. who have that libertarian kind of bent to them, which again, you know, we're the, we're the party that says, you know, the individual freedom, individual, okay, so how do we define that? I'm individually free until you say I'm not. I'm individually free to make choices about my life unless it's a choice you don't want me to make. Well, I will say this. I will say the Republican Party is in trouble if it doesn't balance out the uh, the Tea Party with the Libertarians. They need to go after that young, libertarian, youthful, grassroots vote. And uh, then I think they do have a shot. We have to take our last scheduled break. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. You're listening to the Costa Report. I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. Dole has a bounty of berries ripe for the picking. Fresh berries are not only delicious, but some of the most powerful disease-fighting foods available. Researchers have found that berries have some of the highest antioxidant levels of any fresh fruits. So add a handful or two of your favorite berries to your next meal and enjoy their nutritional benefits and natural sweetness in all of your dishes, from salads to desserts and everything in between. For fresh tips and ideas from Dole's berry experts, visit berries.dole.com. And be sure to check out the pages of mouthwatering recipes. Whether it's a sweet and savory blueberry cranberry chicken salad or a simple strawberry sorbet, Dole has the perfect berry to inspire your next berrylicious dish. The crisis in the Ukraine is the latest global conflict to pit the United States against Vladimir Putin's Russia. While the Cold War may have ended, U.S.-Russia diplomacy is here to stay. Understanding this volatile new era is not easy. For many years, experts have been trying to explain Russia's new leadership, but cracking the inner circle has remained elusive until now. The American Program Bureau represents some of the most knowledgeable and prominent Russian insiders who are available to speak to your organization. Experts such as Mikhail Gorbachev former leader of the Soviet Union and master architect of modern-day Russia. Vladimir Posner, the dean of Russian journalism. Andrei Kosarev, the first foreign minister under Boris Yeltsin. And Pavel Palashenko, chief advisor for 25 years to Gorbachev, are available to speak at your next event. 
No Speakers Bureau offers greater insights into how Russia impacts our economy, our world, and our lives. To schedule these esteemed leaders for your next event, contact the American Program Bureau at 800-225-4575 or apbspeakers.com. I wish these bags under my eyes would just go away. If that sounds like you every morning, you're not alone. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women until now. Introducing the new GenuCell Serum with stem cell technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote, I've been using GenuCell for a couple of months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and haven't come back. I love your product. I use it under my eyes, around my cheekbones and on my eyelids. Not only Susan, folks. I use it and I love it. And with its instant effects, you'll see GenuCell working in the first 12 hours or your money back. I guarantee it. Call now and save big on GenuCell's risk-free introductory offer. Call 800-901-0636. 800-901-0636. Call now and you'll get the amazing Esotique face cream as a special gift simply by placing your order. Call 800-901-0636. 800-901-0636. Is your computer running real slow like this? Or are you getting the blue screen of death? Do you have to do a restart several times a session? Tired of viruses, spyware, malware, and slow, worthless tech support? Face it, it's too late to download another free PC fix-it program, thinking it'll be restored to out-of-box purity. Oh, no, 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 no. You need the fast, friendly computer pros at User-Friendly Computing. Just drop it off at their office at 505 River Street across from the Gateway Plaza or give them a call at 831-423-9653 and they'll come to you. Mention KSCO and get a free $50 diagnostic. PC or Mac, desktop or laptop, they can do it all at User-Friendly Computing. Call 831 831- Four two three nine six five three. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Michael Steele. So let's get down to brass tacks here. What top three issues does the Republican Party focus on to reach independence and still keep constituents engaged? I and mean, where do you see the opportunities to be more inclusive and appeal to a broader audience? Uh, I think uh, the economy, broadly speaking, mm-hmm. uh, is a top line uh, opportunity. And then that drills down specifically into a couple of areas. One, entrepreneurism. Uh, if you really want to have a conversation with the African-American community, talk to them about entrepreneurism. Talk to them about job and wealth creation, sustainable within the community, about revitalizing neighborhoods that have long since forgotten, been forgotten, that are now being gentrified in a way that is pushing them out and that, you know, we want you to have a piece of this dream. We want you to have a piece of this opportunity. And these are the policies that will specifically allow that to happen, whether it's uh, enterprise-type zones, whether it's reforming small business enterprise relationships between the government uh, and and contractors, uh, minority contractors, whatever it happens to be. There are tools there to have that conversation. Also works within the Hispanic community. Um, And the other piece is women. Talking to women, whether they're single, whether they're married, whether they're parent, a mom, uh, whatever, they are the, they're the ones who are making the political decisions in the household. And, and that's, you know, how the family's going to vote, <laughs> what the family's going to support, what the concerns are. Uh, and so retailoring the conversation, uh, Rebecca, in a way in which women feel that you're listening to us, you understand what our concerns are, that you're about empowering not me, but my kids. One little thing that people don't, I think a lot of folks do not appreciate is that, for example, how we talk about and to other people, mm-hmm. women respond to that. So it may not be an issue that they are particularly interested in at the moment, but they hear us talk about it with respect to other folks. It either turns them off or turns them on. So you, you really got to be self-aware uh, in your national conversation that women in particular are listening not just to the top-line subject matter, but how you connote, how you communicate that, that idea uh, to the audience you're speaking to. So, for example, 
when you have, um, you know, uh, the conversation on civil rights, uh, you know, women are curious and they're very interested to see how the party responds to that issue, understanding our history, understanding uh, the, the, the current uh, strategies. So what are you saying? How, because how we treat people um, is how they, how they feel that, oh, well, if you treat them that way, what are you going to do for me? So all of this kind of boils down together into well, one. I, w- I will tell you that when when I was raising children, my children are adults now. But when I was a raising mm-hmm. when I was raising children, I wanted leaders that my children could respect and emulate exactly. and hope to be one exactly. day. I wanted role yep. models for my children. Yep, that's it. And that's that is that, that is the emotional truth you look for. You say, you know, yeah. will my children look up to this person? Will they want to be like them? How how long has it been since we've had a leader where kids, you know, the first thing that used to pop out of their mouths when I was a kid was when they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and uh, you know, this was many years ago, the boys would say, I want to be president or an astronaut. You know, and and the and 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 some of the girls at that time would say president and astronaut, and everyone would sort of smile. You know, who knew it would it would come true, right? Right at that time, but uh, kids now, you ask them, they don't say president. Right. You know, they don't say senator. They they don't say congressman. I mean, there's a problem there. <laughs> they don't even say astronaut because we've shut down the program. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's right. They don't even say. I, you know what they say? They say rich. They say rich. And that's a problem. And, and that's the problem, because in saying that, it is, it, it, it is absent of so many things. It says there are no role models. You have provided no role models other than people that have lots of money and can control their lives. Right. And, and, and how bankrupt are we that that would be the answer that a child would give? Well, I think, and I think uh, in many respects, uh, in the last 30 years or so, that's exactly what's happened. We have bankrupted ourselves when it comes to how we prepare the next generation to, to take on the mantle of leadership and what that means. So they don't see themselves, Rebecca, reflected uh, in that leadership capacity because they don't see the leaders that they want to emulate. So I've got one other question for you. I mean, if there's one issue on the right and left that, that that they should be in agreement on, it's the need for election reform. We've been talking about leadership yep. here. And everyone agrees too much money's flowing into politics. And you've served on the National Federation Election Reform mm-hmm. Committee, the Federal uh, mm-hmm. Reform Committee. You've also served on the NAACP Blue Ribbon Commission on Election Reform. Uh, if everyone agrees there's a problem, uh, what's th- why can't we get election reform through? I think everyone on? does agree there's a problem. Uh, and I think the way you really begin substantive, serious election reform is to get the, uh, the, uh, the officials out of it, get the public officials out of it, get the politicians out of it, turn it over to the people. You've seen that a little bit uh, in, in California. Um, you see it uh, burgeoning in places like uh, uh, Colorado. Uh, and elsewhere, uh, certainly in the Northwest. Um, so the potential is there for the people. And again, I go back to this idea of we the people. How yeah. we manifest that um, is, uh, is really, I think, uh, an opportunity in election reform. The people need to take control of that process. Do not just, you know, accept the status quo just because it's been that way. We have much more control over this process. And until we do, Look, they're going to keep the politicians are going to keep drawing the lines. They're going to keep uh, gerrymandering the districts and they're going to keep pushing money into the system because guess what? That's how they get paid. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's not going to come from within. It has to come from from reform. True reform is going to have to come from a grassroots Absolutely. level. But, you know, now, we, lastly, I happen to know you recently announced a weekly radio program on Sirius. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we run out of time yeah, here? This- that's real quick. It's it's a fun program. We're on Saturdays from eleven to one on mm-hmm. Sirius uh, POTUS channel one twenty four. Uh, my buddy Rick Unger and I uh, have this sort of right left conversation around solutions. And the idea is we're not going to sit on the radio and fuss at each other and scream at the callers. We want to engage callers in solution oriented conversation 
sort of lay out and model con- and model a respectful dis- exchange. That yeah, that absolutely. is what you're doing, and and I commend absolutely. you for that. We are all out of time. I could talk to you for hours, but before <laughs> before I say goodbye, I, I want to thank you for your service to our country and for taking time to be with us today. Thank you, Mr. Well, it's Steele. It's an honor, and I look forward to coming back. Come back soon. Uh, If your station is leaving us after this hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Michael Steele, you can drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and also at our website at RebeccaCosta.com. Just click on the contact page and there's a box where you can leave your remarks. If you are a conservative and... uh, I'd like to know, do, do you feel the Republican Party is representing your interests? And if you're one of the growing independents, the, the, the number of growing independents in our country, what would the GOP need to do to court your vote? Uh, bear in mind that neither Republican nor Democratic candidates can win office in our country without appealing to independents. And if the survey in North Carolina, which indicated that the number of independents who cast votes was greater than all registered Republicans and registered Democrats, well, then appealing to your constituency seems like a surefire formula for losing. Now, I know you have some thoughts about this, so feel free to send them my way. And while you're at the website, check out our bookstore, where we've curated books designed to educate and offer new ways to look at the problems we face in the world today, and and more importantly, how we can solve them using good old human ingenuity and prevention. You'll find uh, the, the selected books provocative and smart and the best news of all is when you click on any book, it'll take you right over to Amazon. And then once you're on the Amazon site, everything you purchase, whether it's a book, a toaster, a DVD, triggers Amazon to make a donation to this program, the Costa Report. So shop often and be sure to click on our bookstore page the next time you shop at Amazon because you'll be helping to keep excellent programs and interviews like the one you heard today on the air. Next week... Uh, we have a surprise guest for you, and I know you're going to like this. We, we we welcome former congressman and the son of Ted Kennedy, Patrick Kennedy, to the program. He's going to be here to talk about the real price of sweeping addiction and mental illness under the rug, and in particular, the challenges that politicians and other public figures face when they need to seek help. Don't miss a frank discussion with Patrick Kennedy next week, right here on the only program that puts policy ahead of politics. I want to take a moment to thank my guest this hour, Mr. Michael Steele. I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Now stay tuned for another hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 